I'm Michael White with White Farms in Vernon, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas Ag on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is once again great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton planting is running a bit behind here in Texas thanks to the big rains in the Panhandle and the Southern Plains. But down in South Texas, the cotton crop there is looking great. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Here in the Texas High Plains, we are witnessing the terrible effects of getting too much rain all at once as the recovery effort in and around flooded feed yards continues. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Timely spring rains over the central Texas blacklands have certainly helped row crops, pastures, and stock tanks in the region. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report from Waco on the situation in Central Texas on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cotton planting here in Texas has hit the halfway mark according to the latest Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report. We now stand at 50% planted. That's about four percentage points behind the five-year average pace. Of course, the cotton that's yet to be planted is in the Panhandle and the Southern Plains, where big rains have put the brakes on any field work. Down in South Texas, their crop is in the ground and looking great, according to Coastal Bend farmer Colin Chopolis. He says they've had plenty of rain and the crop is doing well with only a few issues. You know, so far the the crop's been relatively easy to manage. Um, You know, we're certainly looking at some pest issues in in cotton and, you know, some of those are probably going to have to be addressed with with an airplane here in the next few weeks as opposed to to ground machines, but that's just part of of growing cotton and um, certainly be on the the lookout for headworms and stink bugs and and grain sorghum and, of course, the sugarcane aphid can always be an issue on, on these wetter years and so we'll certainly be taking a look at that. Uh, so far, things have progressed very well. With the crop there doing so well, Chopolis says it's now just a matter of watching the market and hoping for a price rally. It always seems like we have a great crop and, and prices just aren't there to go along with it. But um, hopefully things will light up this year and, and we'll be able to, to get both of those taken care of. So just uh, hope for some good harvest weather here in about 45 days or so and hope things continue to progress the way they are. 
Now back up to the panhandle where farmers are dealing with some huge rainfall events. We've seen stories of flooding in some areas like Hereford, where feedlots have had to relocate cattle and pump the water out. Up in the northeast panhandle, Ockletree County agent Scott Strawn says the rain and hail has done a number on the few wheat acres that were left. For the most part, the majority of our wheat acres were just done because they were dry land acres and they were just already written off but we did have some areas of irrigated wheat that were punished and some corn i would say we were about 30 percent planted when all this rain started on the corn about a third of the way done there might have been some hail damage on a few of those fields as well but i don't know on cotton i didn't see a lot of cotton planted it up before the hail came through but i do know there were some scattered fields and there were some nice irrigated fields of wheat unfortunately i mean they've been through everything and then this hail kind of finished them off wheat harvest continues to move forward in other areas of the state according to that crop progress and condition report 18 percent of the texas wheat harvest is now complete Feedlots in the Hereford area are dealing with flooding from the recent massive rains. James Hunt has the story from the Panhandle. Following the massive flooding in the western Panhandle that occurred as a result of heavy rains late last week, the effort to get things back in order continues. Ben Weinheimer of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says at this point, it's difficult to quantify precisely how many feed yards were impacted. It's probably best to describe it more as the geographic area of, say, northern Castro County and southern Smith County. And that's kind of what I would describe as that Hereford area down towards the Friona corridor, kind of along Highway 60, where so much of this heavy rainfall really overtaxed the capacity of these county roads and bar ditches and other drainage ditches. Weinheimer says top priorities right now are feeding and caring for the cattle in the yards and maintaining employee safety. And then there's all that water. We have temporary pumps in place that are giving us the chance to transfer some of these floodwaters to some other storage ponds that still have some additional capacity in them. There's also a lot of infrastructure work being performed along county roads to help traffic move in and out of the feed yards and hopefully prevent future flooding. A very sad aspect of the ongoing work is the removal of the carcasses of cattle that died in the flooding. Weinheimer says there's no estimate yet on the number of cattle lost. On a happier note, Weinheimer says he is pleased by the assistance the recovery effort is receiving from feed yard employees and other people in the community. Really a tremendous outpouring of support, and that's been much appreciated by our feed yard members and the, the community as a whole as everybody's working together in the Texas Panhandle way of helping each other through a natural catastrophe like this. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Timely rains over the central Texas blacklands have been a big help for row crops, pastures, and stock tanks there. Tom Nicoletti has more from Waco. We go to central Texas, and Dr. Shane McClellan is standing by in Waco. And uh, Shane, certainly uh, these uh, spring rains uh, in May, and now here we are into June, have really helped the row crops in the region. Uh, tell us what you're seeing. been very fortunate to receive timely rains. Uh, much different than 2022. Uh, the rainfall in general has been really good, just widespread uh, over the central Texas Blackland area. And we've got it in different amounts. We've had some big, hard, fast rains that have filled some stock tanks and allowed people to, to catch some running water. And then several rainfall events that were 
uh, slower all day type of rainfall events that just added up to a lot of moisture, uh, being able to capture some moisture to help uh, refill what, what I consider the depleted of soil profile. We've got some deeper soil moisture now, which is great. And we're actually, if you look back 365 days, we're within a couple of inches of our normal rainfall for that time period. So we've made up a lot of ground in that, that drought category here in Central Texas. Really, really happy to go around and see agriculture, kind of everything on a positive side as far as the growth and progress of our crops. Yeah, driving down the highways during the Memorial Day uh, weekend, the crops are sure looking uh, nice and tall and green. Corn is ahead of schedule. Um, it is tasseling. Um, haven't heard of any pollination problems. Really, the corn's doing good. You see some areas where the cornfields will be slightly yellow, where you know it's been wet and the plant's not able to, to take a nitrogen up into that plant. Grain sorghum's starting to head out. Looks good. Um, wheat harvest is in full effect. It's going. And hearing some really good yields and kind of surprising yields. I was expecting our wheat yield to be down a little bit just because we were so dry early in the growing season and we did have some hessian fly damage. But hearing a lot of yields that it ranges from 60 to the 80 to mid 80s bushels an acre across our wheat field. So that's really promising. Some cotton has had to be replanted. Um, a couple places they had to replant three times just due to some heavy rains. They would plant and it would wash it out. Those fields have come up, emerged, and are looking good. And they're, they're kind of to a stage now where they can handle some large amounts of water. There is a lot of hay being cut in McLennan County. A lot of our hay really needed to be cut about 30 days ago, but it was too wet. And that's a good problem to have. Those fields have gotten a little rank. Finally, we're able to, to cut those, lay them down. Some of them did get rained on. We had a little half-inch shower come through much of our area that week. But by that Friday, they had dried out. They raked the hay and belled it, and, and a lot of that hay already been stacked. And saw people putting out fertilizer, so they're getting ready for the next hay cutting. Um, hay prices still remain elevated just due to some areas out west that are drier, that, that are lacking hay. You know, in 2022, we were at a 50-year low as far as hay storage, this hay that's, that's available to sell. But hay stock now, the, the numbers are risen. You're getting some hay put up. So hopefully that price can, can drop a little bit here in the near future. That is Dr. Shane McClellan reporting for us today from Waco. More than 500 whooping cranes called the Texas coast home this winter. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And weaning is very stressful for foals. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Weaning is very stressful for foals. Dr. Bob Judd says weaning stress can last for several weeks. Kristen DeLank is a Ph.D. candidate in Germany 
that performed a study on recently weaned foals. She reported in the horse publication that breeders should expect a transition time of several weeks before weanlings start to get back to normal. Recently weaned foals tend to spend considerably more time standing still or lying sternal in the daytime for more than three weeks compared to their behavior prior to weaning. The importance of this study is that foals should be back to normal after three weeks, and if they are not, extra care may be needed. Also, if a foal is stressed in the second week after weaning, it is important to realize this can be normal, and they may just need more time, as some foals may even need four weeks. The researchers followed 10 foals from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. on a farm in Germany the day before and up to three weeks after weaning. The researchers recorded the foals' activity every five minutes during this observation time and also collected feces the day before and after weaning and four times over the next four weeks. So they had a lot of data. All foals were Arabians except one warm blood with six colts and four fillies. Results indicated the foals spent more time standing still and lying down in sternal position than before weaning. Fecal samples had higher cortisol levels after weaning, indicating increased stress of weaning, and the levels peaked at one week. And all those started decreasing after that were still not normal at three weeks post-weaning. Because of this weaning stress, the authors recommend weaning foals in groups or at least in pairs, to decrease stress. The researchers believe this stress lasts over three weeks after weaning, so foals may need to be observed closely for at least four weeks after weaning. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. More than 500 whooping cranes called the Texas coast home this past winter. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. More than 500 endangered whooping cranes continue to call the Texas coast home each winter. Every year, whooping cranes travel the 2,500 miles from their breeding grounds in Canada to the Aransas National Wildlife Refuge and surrounding areas on the coast. During their time here, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service surveys the bird's population, and now we have the data from this winter. Preliminary data from the aerial surveys indicate that 536 whooping cranes, including 88 juveniles, were in the 160,000-acre primary survey area near the refuge this winter. An additional 14 whoopers were reported outside the main survey area on Texas Whooper Watch, iNaturalist, eBird, and through a whooping crane GPS tracking survey. This is the sixth year that more than 500 of the birds, which are considered one of the rarest birds in North America, have been counted. Last winter, FWS estimated 543 whooping cranes were on the Texas coast. Fish and Wildlife says this means that the population of whooping cranes has been stable over the past two years. Whooping cranes were listed under the Endangered Species Act in 1967 when only 50 of the birds remained in existence. Since then, extensive conservation efforts of federal, state, and local partners and private landowners have helped to improve their population numbers. Whooping cranes can live more than 30 years in the wild. Adults generally reach reproductive age at four or five years and then lay two eggs, usually rearing only one chick. The long-term annual population growth rate for whooping cranes has averaged about 4.34%. The next whooping crane survey will be conducted in January of 2024. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market caught fire on Wednesday. Sharply higher prices on both live and feeder cattle. And that's despite the fact that corn prices were mostly higher. We'll look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. 
Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a jump Thursday in live cattle futures that we haven't seen for quite some time. The cash market took a big jump, feedlots held out and got higher money this week, and that caused the futures market to play catch-up, and it took a jump as well. June live cattle up 577 on Thursday, 174.90. August up 470, 172.37, while October live cattle were up 410, 175.87. Feeder cattle tagged along for the ride. August feeders up 247, it's 241.65. September feeders up 272 at 244.95. October feeder cattle up 285 at 246.97. Now, we mentioned the cash cattle trade. Boy, it took a big jump. Feedlots, very patient this week. They held out for better money, and it really paid off. We've seen cattle here in the south sell from 178 to 180 That's 7 to $9 higher compared to last week's price. Northern feedlots have seen live sales as high as 188 dressed prices at 292 That's 6 to 7 bucks higher compared to last week. Boxed beef prices higher Thursday choice up a dollar twenty three three oh seven oh seven select up a penny at two eighty seven sixteen. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble, and this is Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Benny Cox, producers in Cargyle, sold sheep and goats on Tuesday. Benny, how did it turn out? Oh, we got along all right, Larry. We had 63.32 after we got through with the deal. It started off a little soft, uh, but the market actually got some better as we went through the day. Uh, these wool feeder lambs, we had it. We didn't have any big groups of those, but we had some some really nice ones. Uh, they sold near steady with last week. These slaughter lambs, they sold uh, firm, probably the biggest uh, push, and they, they would have been a little higher. We had some really nice hair uh, sheep ewe lambs uh, yesterday, and, and they were sure some higher than what we, we've seen in the past two or three weeks. Uh, the slaughter ewes, they were 6 and $12 higher. They can stand that because they just continue to drop here the last month or so. Uh, kid goats, they sold from week to $10 lower. Earlier in the sale, it would have been lower than that. You know, they could have been, you know, $25 lower early, and then, they, that, like I say, they farmed up. The slaughter nannies, they sell from $1 to $1.75, but mostly $141 to $150. The slaughter billies, from $180 to $255. The spread on the wool lambs, from $165 to $224. Slaughter lambs of the hair sheep type from two dollars to two forty four on the lightweights and the heavier weights from one forty to two ten. Slaughter ewes sold from sixty to a dollar, but mostly sixty six to eighty five. Kid goats two thirty to three thirty three, mostly two ninety two to three seventeen. 
All right. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Benny Cox. They can call me on my mobile. It's 325-234-4277. They can call the office at the same area code, 653-3371. They can always look at the web, which is producersandcargyle.com. We appreciate you, Benny. Thank you. Adios. Bye-bye. Maybe that's all the time we've got for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. We do this every day on the network, and you're listening to it on Texas Ag Today. Now back to the futures market. Orlean hogs finished mixed Thursday. June hogs up 97 cents, 83.55. The July down $1.27, 82.05. Class 3 milk was higher. June milk up 18 cents, 15.59 a hundredweight. July milk up 41 at 16.56 a hundred. The cotton market closed strongly higher, getting support from the U.S. House passing the debt ceiling compromise and from a weaker U.S. dollar. July cotton up 294 points, 86.42. The October up 200, 82.31. December cotton up 211 at 81.58 cents. The corn market closed mixed with the old crop lower, new crop higher. Those new crop contracts getting support from a lack of rain across the Midwest. July cotton down one and a half, five ninety-two and a half. But September was up eight cents, five twenty-four and a quarter. With December corn up eight and a quarter at five thirty a bushel. The wheat market closed higher with double-digit gains in both hard and soft wheat. Traders keeping an eye on the rains that we're getting here in Texas. But, of course, these rains are too little too late, so they can only do harm to what's left of our wheat crop. It's estimated that 70% of the Texas wheat crop has been abandoned this year, and these rains may cause that number to jump even higher. July Kansas City wheat up 12 cents, 8.02 and a half. July Chicago wheat up 16 and a half at 610 and three quarters. In the energy markets, July natural gas lost 10 cents, 216. July West Texas crude up 201 at 7010 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Thursday afternoon. The Dow up 251 points at 33,159. The Nasdaq up 200 points, 13,135. The S&P up 51 at 4,231. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.